0: For those of you that have already listened to the sermon, the commentary begins at 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Howdy, y'all. My name is Tiffany Keith. I'm the preaching pastor of Heartstrings, Bluegrass Worship, and Wild Hearts. Welcome to Give God an Inch, where we open ourselves up to God's nudging. I will read one of my sermons, read, not preach, totally different things. What I write and what comes out on Sunday mornings are not the same. After I read the sermon, we are going to take a little bit of time to reflect on it, what I said, why, and maybe what hit the cutting room floor. Oh God, open us up, open our eyes that we might see, open our ears that we might hear, open our hearts that we might feel, and then, oh God, open our hands that we might serve. Amen. William Jackson Palmer found himself far from home as he explores, explored the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. This was long before there were cars or highways before buildings dotted the skyline. Instead, there were farmhouses that dotted the plains here and there. On one such explorative journey, his party traveled north from Pueblo, riding along the foothills through the night in the light of the full moon. As they traveled, General Palmer slept on the top of his carriage under the full moonlight. He awoke with the moon shining in his face in Pikes Peak towering in the distance, moonlight glistening off the snow-covered peak. He could not sleep anymore with all the splendid panorama of mountains gradually unrolling itself as they traveled. As the sun began to peek over the prairie, he drank it in along with the purest mountain air, the full exhilaration of the early morning ride. Palmer was in awe. Isn't it interesting? the phrase in awe we don't feel awe we don't think awe we are in awe almost like we were taking almost like we are taken up into something that bubbles up from within us surrounds us grows to be more than us until we are in awe seeing the sunrise over the plains lighting up garden of the gods and pike's peak William Jackson Palmer was in awe, captured by the scene, taken up into a moment that was beyond thought, beyond emotion. Jesus, walking along the sea, called the disciples to follow him. And they did, immediately. Immediately they went to Capernaum, to the synagogue where Jesus taught. Now you have to remember, they didn't see Jesus as the Messiah In fact, in the Gospel of Mark, they never really do understand. They get close, but they could not see. Not really. They had just decided to follow him, and they didn't know what to expect, what this adventure would hold for them. So when Jesus stood up to teach in the synagogue, I don't know what they expected. Maybe to hear what they had heard from all the other preachers they had ever heard. But this isn't what they heard. They were astounded at his teaching. He taught like no one else. He spoke with an authority that was unlike any authority they had ever encountered before. They were in awe, taken up in something that bubbled up from within them, something beyond emotion, beyond thought. They were in awe of his teaching. Have you ever been there? Has this thing ever happened in worship that you couldn't quite name, couldn't quite put your finger on, but from somewhere deep within you, something bubbled up from deep within, becoming bigger than you, a response beyond thought, beyond emotion? I remember the first time I experienced lessons and carols, the pitch black of the sanctuary, the hushed voices barely audible in the space, the tension in the air high, slowly, Step by step, the choir entering the sanctuary, singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, each holding their candle until the room is bright with light and song. Or that moment in the sermon when, when it brings you to full, when Kent brings you to full attention with a story and he just waits until it settles in your soul a little as you lean forward and wait for that long, dramatic pause to come to an end. Have you ever been in awe? during worship just then a man from the back of the sanctuary starts crying out i don't know about you but i've been there i was there when a woman started telling me where i would where i could go in a very loud not very churchy language there was a man that walked up the to the very very front to watch kent preach one sunday Uh, when i was preaching outside last summer there was a man that walked up during my summer to explain that he was jesus and he needed my microphone. Those are uncertain moments. I can feel my heart starting to race and my vision to focus in, just thinking about those moments. In the middle of an amazing jaw-dropping sermon, the disciples in awe, this man starts crying out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebukes the man be silent and come out of him he says and the spirit did the spirit came out of the man and the disciples were in awe hear these words from Mark chapter one they were all amazed and they kept asking one another what is this a new teaching with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of this word. We are in the middle of a sermon series about home, returning home, because we are all away from home. We were pushed out of that place of comfort and safety and routine over 18 months ago. As a world, we are grieving those things that we just took for granted, hugs and handshakes laughter and gatherings without fear but being away from home isn't all about the fear it is when we are away from home that these moments of awe capture us in our being the disciples were in awe in this moment overwhelmed by the teachings of this man that he had called them this man that had called them away from home william jackson palmer was in awe Of this moment that the beauty of Pikes Peak came into view. You have been in awe before. These moments would not have happened had we not left home. I don't know how hard the last two years have been for you. For some people the last couple of years have been devastating. For some people it has been a slight change in daily living. But there's not a person in the world that has not been completely unaffected. My question for us this week for you, is what are the moments when you encountered the sacred, something bigger than yourself? When have you encountered the healing presence of Jesus that you would not have encountered had you not been away from home in the last two years? I can look back. Do you know how many people stopped to worship with us when we were outside? I know if you were online or in your cars, you didn't get to see. But from standing right out there in the back of the pickup truck, I saw. I saw the people riding bikes, or walking dogs, or just going for a morning stroll stop to enter into that moment with us in ways that they never just wandered by church and step inside to see what we're doing. There's a moment in the very beginning of the shutdown, and we knew we had two choices. We could try to pull our community and world back to what it used to be with all we had, or we could step back and look for opportunities. We could use this moment in history to shift and adjust, to correct, to find out who we are and build from there. We spent time evaluating who we are and how we want to respond and came up with our cause for being. It isn't really a mission statement. Mission statements have a goal at the end. It's more of a core identifier of this journey that we're on. Our eternal journey is to create a community of people that are living into whole, healthy relationships with God, one another, and our world. We are striving for relationships, not fake, not pretentious, not shallow or divided, but vibrant relationships with God, with one another. We don't want to pretend like everything is okay. We want to acknowledge differences, weaknesses, fears, and encounter them together. We want to live in our world in a healthy way not divided or anger, or unwilling, angry or unwilling to listen, but to care for our environment, our community, the broken and marginalized. We know that this is not easy. We know it is never ending challenge that we hold out in front of us every step of our journey. We also know healthy relationships needed to start with the FUMC staff team. So we took three days at John Wesley Ranch. And man, it was three days. There was a scavenger hunt. I think one of Anne's questions was actually cheating. But if you can find the singing Roman, I will give you a free gift. There was the evening we went to Cripple Creek with reservations at a restaurant that wasn't even open. Oops. We called restaurants, walked into restaurants, walked Bennett Avenue hungry after a long day of work before finally finding a restaurant that could take us with a warning that it might take a while, and it did. We sat outside cuddling up in blankets in front of the fire pit, looking at the stars, watching for shooting stars, laughing, telling stories, just being together. We named hard things, things we struggle with. We named things that are not okay, named things that we hope for. And that very last day, Lorenzo, one of our facility staff, said to all the staff, he told us, you know, when I got the email that this was required, I was like, ugh, I didn't want to do this. But you know, I am so glad I came. So, first I want to acknowledge that we are not on Zoom, we're in person, so I am sure sound is going to be kind of iffy and echoey, <laughs> instead of like the little quiet sound room kind of thing I've built for myself, so um, I just want to acknowledge that before
1: we start. But the year's come on a couple times, too, already. So.
0: Has it? I missed that. There might be
1: some Indian <laughs> and there may very well be a Harley Davidson motorcycle or an ambulance to go <laughs> At least uh, it happens at every wedding and funeral that we do here. So, I'm Ken Ingram. I'm one of the pastors of First United Methodist Church. I preach the sanctuary services and get to work with this preacher. What's your name again?
0: Hi. And um, oh, wait, wait. I know this. And my name is Tiffany.
1: The phrase in awe didn't stick with me like it did when I heard it, mm. uh, which which. Is kind of embarrassing because that's really the point, right? I mean, that really was the, or at least the, the, the first big invitation is it, it, not it's, it's to to be in awe, and maybe it was the way you read it or something. I, I don't know, but 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 it but I love that image. I think that's a powerful image, and that that was there's always stuff that makes me stop and think in the sermon, and, and that that was the first thing that made me stop and.
0: It's kind of funny because it was not... And part of the reason why you missed it is because it wasn't in any of our conversations as I was thinking about writing it. It was actually when I was writing it this morning. thinking of like, I was writing, I'm like, in awe. I'm like, that just sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. In awe? Is that really a thing? Am I saying it right? Because, you know, I'm not the best at grammar. So I sometimes say things and I'm like, that's not the right word for it or that's not the right phrase. But in awe is... But yeah. it just, it's it's startling if you, like, really think yeah. about it in awe.
1: Yeah. I, 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 can you, I mean, you talked about some things in your sermon here, church-related. Um, what, what, I guess, I guess I, maybe you don't know. Well, why did you get there? I mean, I, that, that's, that's a really interesting late addition <laughs> to, to the sermon <laughs> because it's so central. I mean, because that, that really, to me, is in many ways was the the invitation of this sermon once you leave home for whatever reason forced out of your home choose to leave your home whatever it is um when are those times when the fact that you're not at home creates the possibility for you to be in awe
0: um, you know I, and we i know we kind of mentioned this i think at round table a little bit but when jesus preaches the sermon there are people there not in awe
1: Mm-hmm.
0: they're at home yeah. protecting their home and trying to keep yeah. their safety yeah. Yeah. I think that may be one of the things that you don't have not at home you don't need to protect the space mm. you, you don't well, need that's... to keep your traditions you don't need to keep the way things used to be you don't need to you set those boundaries because yeah. what you might change will be forever
1: yeah. you know? and, and and the other thing I think you're saying is that that people can be in the same place, uh, experiencing the same phenomena, whatever it is—speech, vista—they're looking, whatever it is—and and one person can be in awe, mm-hmm. and another may not be in awe, depending on distractions, what they're thinking about, where their mind is, where their head is, whatever it might be. So, yeah, so do you
0: think Jesus has ever shown up for you in your life, and you missed it? Yeah, well,
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, so being in awe. Um, sometimes it's startling and surprising, but sometimes it comes when you're um, when you're when you're expecting it. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 see what you believe, right? You you see yeah. the things that you that you think uh, might be happening. So so maybe that's a part of the sermon is is to put the radar up to to be aware, to you know, to, to be prepared to be in mm-hmm. awe because because it happens all the time. It's around us all the time. I, I like that. I, yeah you know, like like home last week was the was the phrase the word I kept thinking about. What does that mean? And what does it look like for me? I'm gonna I'm gonna be taking away this um, this phrase in awe. What does it mean to be in it in awe? Mm. So, one one of the things just just by way of of um, critique um, when, when you were listing some of those moments uh, of, of when people are in awe. Uh, you talked about my magnificent storytelling, and
0: <laughs> 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 which is funny. In the written version, I stumbled when I was just reading it because I yeah. somehow deleted your name yeah. out of that, yeah, <laughs> so man, you didn't catch that when you were reading it. Yeah, well,
1: I, I I was surprised when you said it because I didn't remember. I would have thought I would have <laughs> remembered that. And you talked about lessons and carols and mm-hmm. you know different things. It, it, that that section opened with the reference to a man in the back yelling. Now I I, I when I read it I I didn't get it. Um, it wasn't in the scripture section part that you read. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's from that story, right?
0: I mean, that is one of the things I do. I tell the story, and, and this one I happen to go off. And I, again, I wasn't planning on it. Yeah. But I happen to leave the story with personal examples and personal stories multiple times. Mm-hmm. So should I then read the full text?
1: Um. I, Either that or, as you say that, to say in our story for today, there is a man who stands at the back and yells at Jesus disrupting this time or, or, or interjecting himself in this time. Have you ever been there? And I guess that, I, I got I got the sections wrong. That was when somebody came down to watch me preach, or somebody came. I mean, you know, I remember those times. I remember the guy, you know, walking to see you preach. So, so I, I, maybe just a sentence or two to set that up a little bit to say that in, in our in the in the story from our scripture reading, where our scripture reading comes from today, somebody stands at the back and yells at Jesus. Have you ever been in one of those places? I, I don't know.
0: Either. I rarely do this, but I actually think I think I should move it up to before I talk about Jesus and read the whole
1: text. That might do it. I mean, that would do it. it, it it's it's a great segue into those illustrations around the sort of startling, interruptive nature of, yeah. of, of not being at home. And I like that. And once, and and, 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 you know, I mean, I've preached the text, read the Bible my whole life. um and so I eventually got there, (laughs) but but I didn't get there the first time I read it. Um, and and I was, I was prepared for it when you, when you read it, but I was, I was trying to sort of give you the benefit of the doubt to, um, um, it just wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a guy that. Because
0: I do that. I mean, I do this every week, right? So not every week, yeah. but often yeah. I will bring you in sideways. So last that's week right. I talked about Simon waking up in the morning. That's right. But then I read enough of the text to pull you in. That's right. This one, I think, I I don't need to do that, and I don't need to do that in this way.
1: No, I think. So that's...
0: sometimes in in preaching and in writing sermons, we have to
1: decide form. I think this yeah. is the wrong form for this for yeah. this section. It, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you would keep it intact, but somehow it has to make sense. Somehow you have to, they have to have a clue who that guy is, it's, am I banging on my You're table?
0: banging on the table. I'm sorry, I'm like like... my <laughs>
1: Ooh, That's what I do. I'm, 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 yeah,
0: so so I'll move that. I think I'll move the text up and read the whole thing. And, and it, it is hard, because like, looking at it, and I knew you said, you know, it 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 kind of feels like a little jumpy and unclear. Nor without reading the whole story does it clarify it. Yeah. So I think I need to read the whole story, Um, and I don't think in this case I drop in awe. Mm Hmm. I I think I don't take away from the power of the sermon by explaining the sermon afterwards. The power. I don't think by explaining this moment
1: afterwards. I agree. I agree. agree. You know. I I think. Yeah. The other. I don't. I don't think I quite have it exactly right. I'd have to go back and read it or listen to it again. Um, you kind of made a juxtaposition with awe, um, looking for awe rather than living in fear. Did I hear that right? There, there's something about something about fear in there. Did you that you, that you leave when you leave home? It's. And I'm trying to remember what that was. I,
0: I, don't, I didn't mean to, but it's oh, really yeah. good. Yeah, well, um, well. <laughs> like, I th- Is it when the guy walks up and I can feel my heart starting to race, my vision starting to focus in, just thinking about these moments when people are cussing me out in the sanctuary yeah. while you're preaching? I'm like, yeah. oh, good gosh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. But maybe um, that was. Or, but, oh, no, that's not true. Um, so right after I read the text... Um, I talk. We're in the middle of a sermon series. It's a world we're grieving those things, mm-hmm. um, but being away from home isn't all about fear. It's yeah. when we are away from home that these moments of awe capture us Got in it. our being. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so and, and anyway, I, the the thing that clicked in my mind was that 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 the sermon is also an invitation to to go into this uncharted, unknown place and time not just out of a place of fear, mm. um, but, but out of, a, of, a, of an expect, expectancy, uh, uh, awareness, and opening mm. looking uh, for the possibility of all. I mean, I, I think that was, I didn't remember exactly how you said it, but that's what I heard, yeah. you know, was that, that this journey is not just in fear. I think that's true. Yeah. I, I,
0: I think, um, I think even for those of us that, I mean, I'm an adventure person. I'm like, you want to get on an airplane and go to Chicago? Yes. St. Louis, yes. Portland, yes. Um, It never, ever, not once comes with just excitement for me. Hmm. There's always the, should I? Really, should I? I'm a little afraid, Hmm. you know, what if I get lost? You know, I'm I'm the person that overplans, so I have all the tickets printed out and put in nice little folders yeah, and, and sure. you know the reservation codes there and sure. and the Uber yeah. app open and before yeah. I land. I yeah. mean but you can get wrapped up in the avoiding of av- avoiding potential hazards and then also in that moment not see the yeah. moments that yeah. Yeah. of so of Jesus showing up.
1: I think, I guess all I would say is you know, either either focus on, I mean, say that in a way that that draws people into it, or think about how to. I just love that image. I love the image of, <clears throat> for whatever reason you're not at home. Um, don't let it be just an experience of fear. I mean, there's going to be fear, right? There's going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unknown. Unknown brings with it that kind of uncertainty and fear. Um, but, but, but if we can shift just a little bit, if we can modulate just a little bit so that, so that our journey in the unknown and into this away from home experience is anticipatory.
0: Was there fear for you when we, you know, I, clearly when we shut down, it was a big deal, but was there fear for you in venturing then outside, doing like drive in worship?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, the fear is just the unknown, the uncertainty. What's going to happen? Will anybody ever come back? Will, will the church die? Will, um, you know, will we have spent all these years working around this ministry and people won't be able to get back together again? I mean, you know, there, there was fear. But, but your sermon was helpful in that, in that it pointed out those places where being away from home pushed us into a place of having to look at things in a new way, in a different way, and and it became exciting, right? It became fun to do that, so.
0: Um, so I remember the moment, and I and I don't know why, and I, I could be wrong, because sometimes as preachers, we remember things. And it's all they, right. evangelist <laughs>
1: license. Um,
0: but I remember coming into your office and going, you know, I think we have to use this as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, I don't think I said it that way. I said we have two choices. Like, we can either just sit back and wait to drive towards what used to be, mm-hmm. or use an opportunity. Do you remember that moment? Oh, sure. Because it shaped... The last 18 months.
1: Absolutely. You know, I mean, we, I mean, you know, it wasn't immediately. I mean, immediately we thought, well, in a few weeks we'll do Easter. You know, that's right. True. And, you know, yeah. and, and if we miss it, well, you know, by a few weeks we'll do it after. And, and then it became clear that, you know, that it, none of that stuff was going to happen. And so, um, but, but, you know, we've had this conversation before. There there was a, um, you know, church, church is hard. And downtown churches are really hard. And, and the, the world in which we live in is, is is um, makes it hard for people to do church. They don't want to be in church. They, you know, I mean, there's a, you know, there's enough of these you know hotshot folks that go out and you know get a million people to join in two weeks and you know to, to make you think, my gosh, I'm horrible, I'm horrible. But but if you look across the spectrum, churches are struggling. All kind of churches, evangelical churches, liberal churches, mainline churches. I mean, they're all they're all kind of struggling. And we've lived with that for years. I've lived with it for all of my ministry. There was this, there was this. At some point in the midst of this, this sort of freeing moment when you you know it 's just never going to be the way it was um, we 're never going to you know get back to where we were, much less where we were forty years ago um, so So, what do we do going forward for for god 's kingdom what do we do for kingdom work uh, that's going to touch lives and make a difference in our world uh, and 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 um yeah, that shift happened at the, about the time when you and I had the conversation around what are we going to do going forward? And, and, and going forward and trying to recapture and re uh, sort of reinvent or redo what we did before just wasn't going to work. So, yeah, I I, I don't remember that exact conversation, but I remember that, that period of time when we kind of got to that place. Yeah. We were going to do this. So. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing on, on, on the sermon, it 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 came off better reading it than than when I re- uh, read it. So you may not need to make any changes at all. Um, I love the way you ended it with the story of Lorenzo. You know, uh, I didn't want to be here, but it was it was a great event. Um, there, was a, there was a part of me that wanted you at some point in, in, in that paragraph to. I don't want you. You know me. I hate for people to summarize the sermon after it's over. You know, but <laughs> to, but to set that up. With, with with a sentence or two around, we we I mean, we, we we've left home. We, we've struggled in fear. We don't know what the future is going to be. We have a couple of choices. We we can walk into this in fear and clinging to the past, or we can walk to it with eyes open, hoping to see signs of awe. Um, and and. Um, they're all around us that, that's more than two sentences
0: <laughs> yeah. so you're talking like even before I go into
1: so I uh, I, don't, I don't know I you know just to put that in your mind somewhere but with that last paragraph you know, maybe, maybe you'd say that and then do the whole last paragraph around the staff retreat or the section about the staff retreat and, and you know how, how we, we, we began as a staff to, to do our work together to, to about this just cause, I don't know. I, I, again, like I said, when I heard it, it wasn't, it didn't feel as necessary as when I read it. Um, but but there is, but but there there was a piece of me that wanted to pull this thing together somehow. And I, and I hate to do it in the prayer after I finish. Or I hate to do it in some sort of <laughs> summarizing summarizing way. Um, but but that that was the trajectory of the sermon. Right? It was it was um, we're, we're, we're not at home. Um, we don't know what to expect, but if if, if we have the right perspective, if if, our, if, our, if we're if we're ready, there's a good chance we will be in awe, precisely because we're not in home anymore. So. Yeah,
0: so I could do that. Um, I could do that before I start talking about using COVID as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I could do that before talking about the staff retreat, yeah. or I could talk about it right before Lorenzo's statement. And yeah. reading it, I don't know if it just reading it was not as powerful as like my memory of yeah. it. So I'm wondering yeah. if I can tell it more because Lorenzo in that moment um, was way clearer than me that he was not excited about this event. <laughs> yeah, he did not want to go. he felt like like you can almost hear this butt and the staff going oh my gosh I can't believe she's making us do this three-day retreat it's awful it's horrible yeah but at the end everybody was like yeah we want to do this again absolutely I'm so glad
1: we were here so so anyway just take that under advisement play with the ending of this thing you've got several days now to you know, bounce that around in your head and see, see if there's any way to do it it's not bad the way it is mm. um, you know but there's enough loose threads in the sermon and, not, and that's not in a bad way I mean I, you know I write sermons that go here 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 you know you kind of have to pull them together at the end
0: so know? what you're saying is it's not as a clear trajectory as last week
1: it's not as clear as last week although I think that you know, I mean it's it's not it's not confusing or bewildering. I mean once you get the
0: as long as I remember all my transitional you know, sentences. Transitional <laughs> sentences, yeah. And
1: you know once you explain who that guy is that's yelling it from the back of the sanctuary, you know <laughs> whoever he
0: is. Oh so. my gosh! No, that was. you re- you probably don't remember that? I don't even know if you knew it, but it was you know a couple of years ago. Ian Lance was happened to be here oh, this yeah. day up on the chancel yeah. and. Yeah, I think she heard it, but you know, it was this lady screaming in the background like F bomb and all the things. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. it's time for you to probably
1: leave. (laughs) Yeah. Not in the right mood for worship (laughs) this morning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I can imagine, you know, that is the moment that the disciples found themselves in.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Somebody
0: standing at the back of the sanctuary screaming. Yeah. What would you have to do with us
1: preacher? Yeah. Yeah, well, welcome downtown, right, That's where we live, <laughs> yeah. so.
0: Anything so, else in this?
1: I, I, I'm I, looking forward to it. it. I always do. You're a great preacher. It's going to yeah. be fun.
0: Thank you. Wish me luck. I'm cleaning it up a little bit in the next couple of days.
1: You, you, you'll have plenty of time to think about it. It'll yeah. be good.
0: It'll be good. All right. So, are you going to introduce yourself? Yeah,
1: I'm Ken Ingram. I'm one of the pastors of First United Methodist Church. I preach the sanctuary services and, get to work with this preacher. What's your name again?
0: Hi. Hi. Oh, wait, wait. I know this. And my name is Tiffany.
1: My name is Tiffany. How about we send it back to the music?
0: How about we send it back to the band? Thank you.